kids behind the bus time. From the NHRL studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Luke. I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, we're previewing August NHRL, which is happening this Saturday in Norwalk, Connecticut, and live streamed on YouTube. We'll be joined by Ryan and Justin Hunter, who help run pit control at NHRL. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. Follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have three news items for you today. First up, catch live robot combat this weekend in Canada, Texas, and of course, Connecticut. In Canada, Fingertech Robotics founder Curtis Warner is running the Canadian National Championship, which will be held Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Calgary. This is the first time since the pandemic that Kilobots has held the National Championship, and it's good to see it back in action. In Texas, they'll be running fairy weights, ant weights, and non-destructive beetles this Saturday in Fort Worth. But the big event this weekend is undoubtedly August NHRL, which will be held all day Saturday in Norwalk, Connecticut, and live-streamed on YouTube with me, Chris, Lindsay, Ricky, Sam, and a couple special guest hosts on the announcer's desk. Nearly 200 robots from across the country are competing in eight simultaneous arenas, all in hopes of qualifying for the November championship. Check out details on these events and more at robotcombatevents.com. On over to Northern California, where the longtime machine shop that was in charge of making the giant nut is auctioning off what looks to be nearly all of its equipment. Bob McGee's machining company opened in 1973 in Berkeley, California, and offered precision machining to a number of clients in the state, including BattleBots. However, a new auction listing popped up this week shows the company selling off what appears to be all of its equipment. The shop's website, phone number, and social media channels are all still active, so it's unclear if they're closing. Yeah, maybe they're just updating. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fifty-year-old company. Once you start to do the math, you're like, okay, I guess if Bob started the company when he was twenty, that means that he's seventy right now. True. And he's selling like you know his hundred-ton press and you know all of his super precision lathes and stuff. Um, maybe they'll find the stunt nut finally. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> find, hashtag find the stunt nut. Exactly. Um, And finally, voting is now open for the latest class of the Combat Robot Hall of Fame. Voting opens once every two years, and it requires a robot to appear on at least 25% of ballots cast to enter the Hall of Fame as an honorable mention. In a subsequent voting period, the robot needs to get at least 50% of the votes on ballots cast to get upgraded to full Hall of Famer status. To date, just one Beetleweight has ever entered the Combat Robot Hall of Fame. Jameson goes multi-time NHL champion Silent Spring. Voting runs through August 20th and is open to everyone in the community. Search for the Combat Robot Hall of Fame and cast your ballot today. Now, Kyle, uh, I know that we were taking a look at this earlier today. The list of Hall of Famers is kind of wild. Um, you it's know, a been, really weird list. They've been running the Hall of Fame for the last 20 years. So there's a lot of robots that, you know, especially for, I don't know, I guess a relative newcomer to the sport quote-unquote relative, like myself. Never heard of some of these robots before. Um, <laughs> and super dominant robots, you know, um, like Lynx, <laughs> uh, are nowhere to be seen, not even as honorable mentions, which is kind of wild. Um, 
So I'm curious, you know, if you could, I don't know, wave your magic wand and put some robots into the Hall of Fame, who would you include? Oh, that's such an interesting question. First of all, there are just too many uh, heavyweight robots in the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah. I, I think that that's, that's fair to say. Like, right, that seems to be the way of it. Lynx is a great candidate. Um, I would love to see them in the Hall of Fame. But even then, there's some like, there's just some regular BattleBots competitors that you just don't see in here that you would love to see. But let's see, I have the breakdown in front of me. Of all of the Hall of Fame entrants, uh, 26 of them are heavyweights. Five of them, by the way, are super heavyweights. Oh my god. Um, we have one beetle and one ant. I think that this kind of reflects the state of the sport like 10 years ago, where it was like, Beatles, not super exciting to watch, you know? Um, heavyweights, super heavyweights, that's where it's at. I think maybe 10 years ago, Beatles weren't that ex- Beatles weren't that exciting to watch. They are now. They're like super fun to watch. The the power to weight ratio is ridiculous. It's like amazing. Yeah. Um, let's see. If we're going to go with the typical bot that we're seeing on here, I would want to see Beta on here. I would... Uh... I would add, you know, Sawblaze, Megatron, you know, uh, absolutely. For sure. Needs to be on there. I think Sawblaze absolutely needs to be on there. I mean, we have um, Paul Ventimiglia represented on here, which I think is good. That needs to happen. We have the Kiwis represented on here. I think that's good. The other thing that I'm noticing is there's an awful lot of British bots on here. The, the Brits are just more passionate about their their trash uh, garage builds, you know, than, uh, than the Americans are. The Americans, <laughs> These aren't the trash garage builds. The, These are the, the wedgie ones. The, the Americans <laughs> are, are busy, you know, are too busy building championship robots to, uh, you know, <laughs> to fill out the Hall of Famer ballot. Which, listen, we all should. If you're listening to this episode, uh, you're a BattleBots Combat Robotics uh, super fan. Sure, you have strong opinions about this. Go, go, put in a vote for Lynx. Go, put in a vote for Sablace. You know, go yep. uh, upgrade uh, Shred It Bro. You know, to uh, to Hall of Famer status. That uh, you know, like let's uh, let's do it. Shred It Bro is, even... is 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 an honorable mention, but uh, yeah, we could we could upgrade Evan. He's deserving. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely. Lynx should definitely be on here. You said that earlier. Even if we're talking about the heavyweights, there's some weird stuff on here, like Iron Awe Five inducted in 2009 um, there's there's a little bit of con- you know uh you know there's there's some there's some collaboration i think coming together <laughs> i think if you can get enough people you know it's kind of like the voting for the cutest baby and the gerber kind of thing you know I, I think you could conspire with your fellow brits to uh <laughs> you know cast cast you know votes for unknown robots from robot wars you know <laughs> yeah you're probably right yeah. you're probably yeah. right we got we got to conspire to get links in there, you know. I would love that. I mean, they they deserve it. They one hundred percent deserve it. Maybe like a droopy. Come on, we got we got to put droopy in there. Man, droopy a, would look so cute in here. Maybe thagmizer, minimizer, maximizer. One of those, you know. Yeah, I mean that that design's not even represented maybe, in oh, here. Oh, melty brain. Oh, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. Let's get a melty brain in here. Heck, even the Brits' favorite melty brain isn't in here. Get like a get the get a depth charge, you know, in there. Come on. Like, uh, I would love that. There's, there's, there's a lot of robots that, uh, are capturing hearts and minds right now that, uh, are not reflected, I think, in even the most, the most recent voting period. But I don't know. That's kind of like the exciting thing. I think like there's just been so many cool robots that have popped up in the last two yeah. years that, um, 
yeah, I don't know. It feels like the uh, the weight is shifting. So that's that's cool. Uh, well, all right. That's uh, that's it for this week's news. After the break, uh, we're going to return with our preview of August NHRL with Justin and Ryan. This week on the podcast, we have two very special first-time guests, Ryan Hunter and his brother Justin, who help run pit control at NHRL. With August NHRL happening this Saturday, we're catching up with the Hunter brothers in the hour ahead to preview what to expect from the action coming up in just a couple of days. So welcome to the show, Ryan and Justin. Nice to be here, Luke. Hello. I am so excited that uh, that you guys are here. Um, you are crucial members of the NHRL staff. Um, you are the, I'm going to say you're, you're part of like a team of maybe five people who, um, has prevented us from going to like 5am in the morning, uh, with the action. <laughs> and, uh, there, there was a time before the Hunter brothers where, um, we would just, uh, be going delirious, like slapping one another, like, uh, in the, <laughs> in the green room to just stay awake. Um, so for that, uh, I'm going to thank you for your service. So, uh, that's great. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, I feel like the last couple of NHRLs, you know, we've gotten out at a pretty reasonable time and a lot of that is due to pit control. So thanks in advance. Um, I am so excited about this August NHRL preview. Um, you guys see every single robot, obviously, you know, what's going on in the community. Um, and I know that you're big fans of NHRL, so I would love to get your thoughts on uh, a lot of these really interesting robots we're going to see. But first, before we do that, uh, what we like to do when we have two people on is have them introduce one another so we can kind of like hear your voice and hear the other person's story, I guess. So, uh, Ryan, do you want to start us off by introducing us to your brother, (laughs) Justin, telling us uh, any facts about Justin that we should know? And, um... Yeah, I don't know, like maybe two truths and a lie about your brother or something like that. How about, how about that? <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, Justin is my older brother. We're not twins, even though there's a conspiracy that we're the same pe- person going on out there. Uh, Justin is my future best man for uh-huh. my wedding. Uh, neither of us are necessarily like engineer engineers, but Justin is a what is it? An infrastructure engineer? I, IT infrastructure engineer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have been doing this together for, I think, like two, three years now. So, yeah. Awesome. Justin, introduce us to uh, to your brother, Ryan. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Ryan is um, a postal carrier. Uh, it is... is what he does he walks around all day delivering people's mail um as he said i am his best man he is getting married in october um so that is very fun and we're looking forward to that um like he said we're we've been doing this for like two years we've been uh huge fans of battlebots for forever Mm -hmm. he introduced me to nhrl and it went very shortly from let's go watch to let's build a bot to well, what can we do to help to now we're, you know, basically like kind of employees or contractors at the moment. But, you know, like, like we we do this is a huge part of our life and we do everything we can to make NHRL succeed and the community succeed as a whole. So that's awesome. Yeah. We just keep saying yes to things. Yeah. <laughs> 
that is very true. Um, Ryan, where 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 are you getting yeah. married? Uh, and like, uh, when when in October? Congratulations, by the way. Uh, Torrington, October first, which, if you'll notice, is the day after the September. <laughs> oh my god! So that's. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, so September September Norwalk, we're going to get out at like midnight. You're going to just kind of go stumbling, bleary-eyed out into the parking lot. And what, like eight hours later, you're going to be getting married? Is that right? Uh, so if my uh, if my fiance doesn't murder you for saying that, I, I would be, I'd probably leave at like five o'clock. You got okay. Justin later. He doesn't have, yeah. he just has to put a suit on to be a best man for the next day. But I yeah, should probably should be, fine. be awake and uh, that's, around. That's great. At, at the at night. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay there till midnight. This now time. I hate to tell you, but uh, true <laughs> NHRL super fans, when they get married, they uh, they bring like you know the beetle white box over to the venue and uh, they invite their guests to uh, fight one another. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so Robert Rund when he <laughs> okay. won when he qualified, it was the day before his sister's wedding and it was his birthday so it's a whole it's like a whole like lucky yeah. thing there's i i have a it's always like lucky to have your birthday on the day of the yeah. competition you usually generally do well i think it was johnny's birthday when he yeah links that day too yep yeah that's awesome so it's a good well this Saturday yeah. coming up is uh, is Lindsay Bear's birthday. So uh, hopefully, you know, she I, uh, she's she's able to, uh, I don't know, have a have a lucky day on the announcing desk. I, I'm not sure what, what that means. Um, <laughs> well, she, she's got a fancy new desk, too. We've really? seen uh, pictures of it. It looks it Listen, looks beautiful. They don't so. tell yeah, us yeah. anything. Yep. We show up on Friday night and we're just surprised. It's great. <laughs> you know, um, all right, well, this is this is awesome. Um, well, our our new fellow pit desk uh, helper uh, Ashley has also decided maybe that she might decorate said desk for her birthday oh, wow. too. But don't tell her. That. Yeah, yeah. This is not like a public <laughs> podcast that Lindsay will definitely listen to. I don't know. She doesn't listen right. to our own show. That's fine. Yeah, she'll be surprised. I'm sure. Um, okay. Well, Saturday is August NHRL, and um, I would love to get into it. Um, I am, uh, so, you know, Friday, we're going to do Havoc Hour, which is our, our live pre-show. So it's like this podcast episode, but uh, I don't know, last year. Saturday, you know, the action starts at like 10 a.m. <laughs> and um, it's going to go all day long. Uh, how long? It will be up to the hunters. So I appreciate that. Um, this is the fifth qualifying event of the season. There are a total of six qualifying events at NHRL every single year. And we're going to invite the top four finishers from every weight class to join us at the invitation only championship in November. Um, we've got this Saturday, a little over 190 robots competing, uh, 156 beetles, 27, 12 pounders and 11, 30 pounders. I uh, was thinking we could break down the action by weight class. If that sounds good to everyone and start with the 30 pounders. Yep. Um, I'm going to kick us off with uh, just the the kind of uh, amazing ascent, the rapid ascent of Kablooey Tango in the 30s. Uh, this this robot, this uh, four-wheel drive undercutter is run by Valkyrie Captain Lucy Dew. And it made its NHRL debut in January and is currently ranked number two of all time. It has this incredible 12 and three record across 
the last four events. It is the two-time reigning champion. It took home first place at the last two events in a row. I am anticipating that it is going to go incredibly deep in uh, in August this weekend and very possibly take home yep. the, uh, the gold dumpster. Um, any thoughts on Kablooey Tango and uh, this team? So my first thought is it's going to be interesting to see who drives it. Um, because one of the the biggest things that they've said is the fact that it's yeah. going between Lucy and Alex. Um, so I'm I'm wondering who's going to be driving it this time. Uh, the other thought I have on it is one of the biggest notes that they've made about Kabuli Tango is the fact that it is a testing platform for Valkyrie. So seeing those ideas possibly translate into Valkyrie as a battle bot and see what that looks like is pretty interesting. Yeah, Valkyrie's had a couple of rough seasons at BattleBots. It's a just it's it's like um it's like a barely contained death machine um you know like when, <laughs> when you think about really balanced machines like i think of like uh i don't know uh claw viper uh hyper shock witch doctor you know um these really really easy to control kind of like um balanced balanced machines and like valkyrie is like um it's like a chainsaw in the box you know um <laughs> and kablooey tango really shows that you know with with some modifications it could be a really hard hitting incredibly drivable robot and i'd love to see some of these these design experiments that they're doing at 30 um make make their way up to the 250 um yeah so i i think like it's, yeah yeah ryan it it's a lot more solid than the actual valkyrie is in the when it fights and i think the four wheel drive setup really helps a lot with that um uh, also like it seems like there's a lot that came from the DNA of hot leaf juice yeah. that came into this bot also that is making it such a hard-hitting championship bot, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I love seeing Team Valkyrie just dominating this weight class. It is... Um, I mean, the, the team has so many great builders and engineers and designers on it, and they deserve to be in the spotlight more. I mean, I think the last couple of seasons on BattleBots, people have, and the casual fans have really kind of questioned whether Valkyrie's on its way out. But I think that all you really have to do is just package up this footage, send it to Greg and Trey, and, you know, show them that there is a lot of life left in the four-wheel drive undercutter as a, as a concept. Right. Um, the interesting thing about the 30-pounders uh, this weekend is that uh, Kablooey Tango is the only robot that's already qualified. The field is wide open. We're going to be making four more invitations. Um, so maybe we could take a look at some other robots that are a little further down um, on the field. Starting off with uh, Polyester. This is our first time seeing a robot team member, Christian Cooper, and his robot Polyester since the 2022 championships where he took home second place after a pair of very late-in-the-night losses to Emulsifier. Um, this is a robot that has come back. It's new and improved. This is our first time seeing it this year. I think Polyester is also going to go really deep and may actually challenge Kablooey Tango. Kablooey came after the 2022 <laughs> championships, and this is going to be a pretty big test for, for these two robots. Um, how do you think polyester is going to do this weekend? So Christian has noted um, in the current registration for August that Esther has new drive weapons as well, or um, weapon, uh, we <laughs> weapon motors as well. Um, 
that it's close to the 20, 21, 2022 ribots uh, weapon system. So that's going to be interesting. It's got a brand new uh, weapon system that hits a little harder. So that should be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see. I see that he's also warned us. I mean, this is a new like toggle field in the registration that um, polyester's weapon will run at more than 300 miles an hour, wow. which is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. You know, like when, when you think about a really fast, hard hitting vert going up against an undercutter like Kablooey Tango, I mean, we could very well see polyester take home the uh, the golden dumpster, which would be pretty, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I, the thing I really like about polyester, and I'll just say kind of zooming out, the thing I like about NHRL in general is that, you know, we see just because like the field is open, you can bring whatever you want to bring. You can be as competitive as you want to be. We see certain types of designs that are maybe not as popular or as successful on BattleBots do so well here. I mean, like we've seen this incredible run for horizontals at NHRL this year. And with polyester, we're seeing a multi-bot that does incredibly well. With Kablooey Tango, we see a four-wheel drive undercutter that's doing incredibly well. And these are kind of odd concepts that you don't see a lot of on BattleBots. Um, you know, like when you think about a multi-bot on BattleBots, I think about like Gemini uh, just getting bodied around inside of the box. And polyester is dominant, which is really, really cool. Right. Yeah, it's it's really showing that having a multi-bot is actually a plausible way to win, too. I mean, like, the it helps that the both of them are excellent drivers and that They've now been using polyester, having polyester for two years now, yeah. I think. Um, they fought everybody with polyester too. Um, it went to championships. It's it's a good bot. Uh, and both of them just, they're excellent, excellent builders, both all around. So, I mean, I, I think that if we don't see it in first or second place, I'd be shocked, but it's Norwalk, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, speaking of these kind of like uh, traditionally, I don't know, non metabots that do really well, uh, we've also have a pair of suplexing control bots, Fracas and Red Storm from Mammoth team member Brandon Bennett Young and Claw Viper captain Kevin Milchewski. Brandon is also writing yep. a second 30 pounder called Vorion. Um, these are. You mean Vaporeon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean, every time he brings it up, I always I call it his Vaporeon. <laughs> he just gives me a look. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I also saw that Zoe's bringing like a Plusel and and Minin, which are two more two mm-hmm. more Pokemon. So I'm here for it. Like, let's yep. let's bring more Pokemon. That's great. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta catch them all. Um, like you know, suplexing control bots, pretty interesting concept. Does pretty well at NHRL. Um, and it's cool that we're seeing two of them like pretty pretty close to the top of the uh, the roster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's um, what is the the anti uh, kinetic weapon camp that that always goes on about how um you know that they're champion the the non kinetic flippers and lifters and stuff like that. So to see bots that use non kinetic weapons um, do as well as they do is always a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, Kevin is is from Seattle and uh, he's originally from upstate New York. Um, I got to grab drinks with Kevin after the last NHRL. And it was funny because it was like first time he came out, he was like, oh, I just, you know, I wanted to come and see it, see it for myself. 
And the second time he came out, I was like, all right, I'm going to start bringing robots. And um, I think that he was excited by the level of competition. Because, I mean, I think there are definitely leagues out there where you can show up and you win basically every single uh, competition that you go to. And there's a little bit of fun that's kind of sucked out of that when you're like, oh, okay, I've won one Motorama the last five years in a row. You know, I've, I've, I've gone on a 22 like match winning streak in Florida, that kind of thing. And to come to NHRL and be like, Oh wow. Like I can really stretch my legs here and there's, there's room to grow. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So yeah. Flying across the country. Isn't, isn't that why, isn't that why Calvin said that he retired links in the West coast is because he like, there's no point in fighting it in the West coast anymore. Isn't, I I love Calvin. He's so (laughs) likable as a person that he says sometimes like these things that you're like, oh, wow. And then you think about it later. You're like, oh, what a horrifically (laughs) terrible thing to say. But it's like, you know, it's true. Like, I mean, Lynx is so dominant here on the East Coast and it is incredibly dominant on the West Coast. I, I can see how it is like a little not fun. I don't know. It's like the same as like Fight Force. You know, you're like at some point the only place you can go is down because you're like, okay, how many giant nuts can yeah. I win in a row? Am I going to destroy this show that I really love? You know? And like, yep. All you can do is lose. And people are like, Oh yeah. By force. It's, it's not as great as it used to be. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh, that's not great. Ryan and I have had this conversation. I don't know if now is the time to have a whole conversation about it. But Ryan and I have gone back and forth about whether bite force would do as dominant as it does in the current meta of BattleBots, or if it would have much stiffer competition with the level that a lot of these bots are at, um, you know, because it has it's been out for a few years, and in those few years, the amount of innovation and the bots that have come into it brand new that have dominated, I, I think he would get a run for his money. I don't think he would be as quite as dominant as he was in those first couple of seasons. I, I'd love to talk about it. Ryan, do you, do you have thoughts about bite force? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so I think I agree because the thing is this sport is all about mm. the repetition. You know, it's like, it's about how fast you continuously and continuously build on your bot and you do something new and you change the bot and you do this, you do that. And that's, I mean, that's like the secret sauce of all of the NHRL competition. That's Jameson Go's secret sauce. That's like everybody who's doing the best in the space right now is continuously, like every single day is like, I'm either getting ready for a competition, I'm fighting, or I'm figuring out what happened in my last competition. And the thing is, it's like, Fight Force, he's a legend, but it I feel like it's he just hasn't fought it in a long time. And it would have to be completely different. It would have I, I feel like the other option is he shows up and says, Hey, this is Bite Force, and everybody looks at it and goes, That doesn't look like Bite Force at all. And he goes, Well, <laughs> what what do you think I was gonna do? Do you think I was just gonna bring it off the shelf? And there's only one exception to that, and that's links and that's because like links is just oh i just bring it on every time calvin's like i you know it was on the shelf i picked it up i brought it in i destroyed everything in front of me and then i put it back on the shelf 
Lynx or, is that character in the comic books that is very overpowered and is just waiting for someone to be powerful enough to challenge mm-hmm. them. That's the character that Lynx is. <laughs> so, like, do you yeah. know One Punch Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Have you watched One Punch Man? Yeah. yeah. So Calvin is One Punch Man at this point. He's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I just bring it and it it wins. It just wins, and here I am. But. The only exception with Lynx right now is Lynx has never fought in a single elimination competition. Mm. He's never done it. And there's been several times that, yeah, Lynx has won the competition, but he won the competition after being knocked out at one point. And then he came back from, he just went down into the loser's bracket. And annihilated the loser's bracket. (laughs) Annihilated everything in front of him. Yeah. I think think the... thing that bite force has in common with links is that they're very balanced machines they're all really balanced machines mm-hmm. the the interesting yep. thing about bite force is that alvent amelia didn't build the fastest robot didn't build the hardest hitting robot the like um fastest spinning robot um <clears throat> the weapon is you know smaller than it could be it spins slower than it might have and it drives more slowly than it could but it's this reliability and his just absolute precision in the pits like at at the end of every single match he would take every single part apart and inspect everything he only puts in components that he has run a million and a half times you see this all the time at competitions and listen there's just different types of builders they kind of like scratch a different kind of itch but they're trying something new every single time. I'm going to try new motors. I'm going to try a new ESC. I'm going to try this new receiver. I'm going to try like this new material. I'm going to try this like new wheel type. And Paul just was like, I am going to run brushed motors and I'm going to run them um, like (laughs) not at the maximum like capacity. I am going to build an incredibly reliable balanced machine. And he had the restraint to do that at a time when people were like, really trying to experiment and push the envelope and that reliability can win you giant nuts. And um, it's the same thing with Lynx. I mean, Lynx is just a marvel of engineering. There's not a single inch of wasted space inside of there. And Calvin doesn't take massive chances with his robot and that like he's found something that works really well and he keeps bringing it and doesn't change things dramatically between competitions, which is why he wins so, so often. One of the interesting, just one last thing that I have about it. One of the interesting things, my son loves watching the older BattleBots, uh, not older, but like the the more recent first seasons where he was in it. And one of the things you start to notice when you're watching them over and over and over again is he was one of the first, and it goes back to the reliability, he was one of the first to figure out how to keep a weapon spinning after it's hit something reliably. To the point yeah. like he used to be able to hit someone and hit them five times in a row rapidly just because that weapon did not go down when it hit. It did not lose momentum. It just kept going. And that what that's what won him a lot of fights is the ability to just drive into someone and hit them five times until they're done. They can't do anything anymore. So, yeah, I mean, reliability in general, and especially this was in the earlier seasons of BattleBots. I mean, reliability was everyone's biggest Achilles heel. Yep. Um, like you 
like the the bigger the robots, like the weirder the deaths. Like, you know, I, I get hit on this slightly strange angle. And if I haven't battle hardened this piece or it's not, you know, taped and glued and all of this other stuff, <laughs> like, you know, just the connection comes comes loose. It, like they are not nearly as tough as you think they are. You know, like there's exceptions, duck, uh, black dragon, etc. Um, but for the most part, you know, um, all you really need to do, number one is like, okay, I'm a pretty decent driver. The front is always kind of like pointed at my opponent. Uh, I've got a really reliable machine and it lasts for three minutes and like you can win easily, like 50% of your matches just because uh, your opponent is not those things. Um, right. So would Bite Force continue to dominate in the modern era? I would say yes, because I think Paul Ventimiglia would come back with something that uh is really well thought through it's probably not going to be you know the old frame that he ran before um but it would probably look kind of similar i would imagine and um i just think like those other kind of intangible things like the quality of his pit crew the quality of his his engineering skills yeah and um his ability to just kind of be meticulous um in his repairs are things that still like teams are developing that he figured out four years ago. You know? Yeah. Makes sense. Um, speaking of just kind of like wildly dangerous things that spin way too fast and are, are overweight and probably bad for depth us. Charge. Uh, we, do you have depth charge? <laughs> <laughs> depth charge in the, uh, in the thirties, you know, our 45 pound bristlebot, uh, famous for, you know, breaching the inner panel of the Lexan. Um, Chris and I, we were on the desk when that happened and I I've talked about this before, but it's really true. Um, when they, when they, when they zoomed in on the panel and I saw that it was smashed, uh, there was a moment where I thought to myself, like, dear God, is somebody dead in the audience? You know, like, and we are live on YouTube. Like, what is happening right now? And it was like, it it took it took the staff like maybe a second, two seconds to kind of like make sure everybody was okay. And they're like telling us over the radio, like, it's just the inner panel. Outer panel's like, it's not a full breach, it's a partial breach. And it was like, I couldn't, I can't even tell you, like, just this, this relief just washed over me, you know? But, you know, Depth Charge is coming back Saturday. Um, it is, uh, <laughs> I'm like a little afraid of the robot, like, to, to, be, to be honest. Um, like, I, I know that the box can, can take it, but like, um, I don't know. That is a terrifying robot. It's, it's the scariest robot that I've, I've ever seen, ever. You know, like even when I went to BattleBots mm -hmm. and competed at BattleBots, um, nothing really kind of sh sh like struck fear in me like the way the depth charge has. Um, so, yeah, that's fun, like psychologically, I guess, for me this weekend. <laughs> I, I remember when it <laughs> happened and I remember uh, I think Ed came around upstairs and I turned around, I was like, Ed, did you see they breached? And he, he turned around and he was like, yeah, there's still another layer on the outside. And just gave that like famous Ed laugh. And I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> if you say so, you're the one who builds the cages. So <laughs> well, the other half of that story, first, our first competition, Justin and I's first competition, we sat like across the aisle from him in the whole entire competition. We kept looking over like, what is that? What's going to happen? That was his <laughs> yeah. first one. Uh, but the competition that the he broke that panel, 
we were on the desk at that point. We were at the pit desk at that point. And I remember because Kelly was with us at that point. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we were watching it on our little monitor. And Kelly just went, why is she? Oh, I have to go take care of something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was... uh... It's it's just like electrifying to also to see it in the box like um yeah. that that match with James like it's every, every once in a while you know you're calling a match and you're like like it feels like history is in the making right now like I feel like I'm watching a match that tens of thousands of people are going to see after the fact and um it's just awesome there's there's not a single boring depth charge fight and we're going to see <laughs> no. at least two of them this weekend and I hope that Dustin does really, really well. Um, it's just a really fun, absolutely terrifying robot. Um, and it's 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 a wild card for for the 30s for sure. Um do do I think he has a golden dumpster in his future? Uh I don't know. Um do I think he has more like, I don't know, inner panels of Lexander Break? Possibly. Um <laughs> and I, I love that we've created the safe environment for him to do that. And I don't know, bring some kind of electric uh, energy to uh, to NHRL, which is pretty, pretty neat. He, he's been getting the translational movement down. And I know yeah. they were talking about it when they brought, when, um, I'm, I'm forgetting their names, when Shay and, uh, when they brought it. Brad, yeah. Shay and Brad brought it. They were starting to get the actual translation down and Dustin had been working on it a lot. So maybe it gets to move better and it doesn't like just kind of spin in place pretty much. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and, and we've seen like like the scaled down version of this too with Lucas's robot Steel Mountain, which I'm just yep. in love with. Um, it's also a lot of fun. And it's cool that these are robots that just run at NHRL. There's really kind of no other place that gives you the same kind of weight bonus. I guess you could compete in a 60-pound event, but I haven't heard of one of those in a very long time. Um, but yeah, it's it's neat that they're building for this rule set. Um, so yeah, Depth Charge. If you're, if you're a fan of Depth Charge, tune in for sure on Saturday. <laughs> um, I do also want to to make sure that I mention Alex and Richie. Um, they're running Yamato 2, Darth Bot, and mm-hmm. uh, Fromage. Yep. And these are young kids, like 10, 11-year-old kids. They've been competing now for two years. They always bring 30-pounders to the competition. Um, Yamato is this amazing, like, propane-powered flamethrower. It has these long, weird fingers that stick out of the front of the robot. And I, I'm, I, there, there, are, there are like moments at NHRL that are just burned into my mind. I think about them like once a week. I think about <laughs> Yamato like once a week because we were, it was like early in the day when Yamato had made its debut. And early in the day, like NHRL, we have so many fights that we run them simultaneously on the stream. So, um, and we have a protocol where if something really interesting happens, we will cut into the fight that we're calling right now and go to a different box and kind of call that. And we're calling this fight. Yamato gets loaded in. They start the fight, the Yamato fight. 
And I'm like so zeroed in on like the monitor calling this one fight. I can't even remember what fight it was. And I I just see this like, it's almost like the sun rising over like a <laughs> mountaintop. Like the whole like left side of my face, just like, it just gets hot. It's like, I look over this massive fireball is like coming out of Yamato. It is like incredible. It's got these like huge propane tanks, just just giant fireball. And I'm like, I'm getting on the comms and I'm like, we have to switch over to this. Like we are missing something amazing. I got to see it like live. I'm sitting right next to the box, right at the desk. And it's like, I cannot wait to see that again. Like I love a (laughs) flamethrower and like massive propane tank flamethrower. Amazing. I can't, cannot wait. Um, Final 30 that I want to kind of like say, maybe, maybe another dark horse is synthesis 30 from Corey Nason. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Synthesis was like the three pound version of emulsifier. And so I guess synthesis 30 is like the 30 pound version of synthesis, which is, I guess, emulsifier. Um, (laughs) Emulsifier does great. And I can't wait to see how synthesis 30 does as well. Yeah. Uh, Corey, Corey likes to send like test footage to me and everything like that. Oh, that was while. the picture. Yeah, that was the picture oh, the other day. Oh, yeah. Syn- synthesis looks really good. And oh, I did you see it, Luke? Did you see the picture that you took of all of his bots in one room? <laughs> yeah. Corey's an incredible builder. Like, um, I just love his his curiosity about the sport. Like he he's a designer like in his heart like he loves taking a really complicated new idea and building it in cad like i i'll if he has 20 robots that he's run at nhr in the last two and a half years he has easily 50 cad designs that of other robots that he's built but hasn't you know like in his mind but hasn't physically built yet um he's an amazing builder and um i just i'm so excited every single time he brings something new um yeah so any other thoughts about the 30s before we move on to the 12s? Uh, I don't think so. There's a pipe bomb coming, so that should be fun. There's yeah. There's a rock full pipe bomb, so that should be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of information in the uh, kind of yeah. notes that they send to the yeah. announcers. Um, I it am... says it's fought outside NHRL. It's okay. never fought in NHRL, but it's fought outside of NHRL. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that means. Huh. All right. I'm going to have to look this up. Um, very interesting. Pipe Bomb is built by... Who's it built by? David Lewis. David Lewis II. All right. From Maryland. Where do you think he's run Pipe Bomb? Probably, probably Motorama, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right, Pipe Bomb. You, uh, you have our attention and perhaps a little <laughs> bit of fear. Um, I hope that uh, things are safe this weekend. That's great. Um, all right, we're gonna go on to uh, in, on to the twelves. So um, the twelves in twenty twenty three, the twelves have been uh, just about Ohio and about horizontals. Like horizontals from the Midwest uh, have just been dominating the twelves. Um, at the very top of the field, we have Maximizer, Super Scope, and Cthulhu. These are all robots that have already qualified and they would just love to come back and get another golden dumpster. Um, yeah. I, you know, these three robots are very different, of course, but I batch them all together. You know, they're all 
young builders in their early 20s who are building horizontals. They're all from Ohio, and they have just swept their respective fields um, earlier this year. Um, so Jake Hoffman and Maximizer won a Golden Dumpster in May, and he's entering this competition with this incredible 8-1 and one record across just two events, which is amazing. Um, Jake yep. is trying out a bunch of new tweaks in August as um, as he's getting the robot ready for November. So we may see some uneven performance as he tries out some new stuff. But I've seen his build videos. He's very, very serious about the sport. He's got an amazing attitude about it. And um, I'm going to guess that these new components have already been tested. And... Um, he is bringing something very hard hitting to the pods. Um, same thing with Superscope and Cthulhu. You know, uh, it's a brother and brother team. I'm sure that the hunters yep. love that. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, we we had a whole conversation with them uh, last event, but yeah, they did really well. Um, the final was them against each other, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm remembering it was. that correctly. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, the cool thing was the Coakleys had the option to, um, you know, decline to fight that final fight. They didn't have to. They could just say like, oh, yeah, well, we we just decide that Superscope is the winner and Cthulhu is uh, taking home second place. I mean, either way, the Cookleys were going home to Ohio with 1400 bucks in their pocket and a golden dumpster. But they decided to run it anyway to run that final fight because they wanted to see how the robots performed against one another. Um, and I just love I love family teams like the Cookleys, the Dorflers, the Hunters, you know. There's, there's lots of family teams at NHRL, and um, it's just cool that they have built these kind of tombstone-esque killer horizontals, which is really neat. Um, now, there are a ton of 12-pounders that have already qualified, so um, I'll just kind of run through them. Um, we have Zach Knight and Promheta. He's already qualified. We've got Torrent and Torrential from Donald Zong, Yoshimi from Joey Gannon, Voxel 12 from Shredder Bro Pit Crew member Michael Shore. What that means is, um, you know, the top five or six spots, you know, battling up for the Golden Dumpster means that there's kind of a wide open fields for the 12s. Um, there are some new 12s that are showing up. There's a lot of 12s from Zoe Lambert and her crew. And we might be seeing a lot of them getting invitations to November, which is pretty neat. Yep. Um, I do want to call out a couple of BattleBots captains who have not yet qualified and are running 12s. Um, captains in and pit crew members. So we've got Pete Covert from Colorado. He's uh, on Team Copperhead. He's running Nightcrawler. Uh, we've got Timber Viper from Claw Viper Captain Kevin Milchewski. He's also running 30. Um, and Axis of Evil from Star Child Captain Brandon Zelensky. However, I will say that my dark horse is going to be uh, Dark Star from Tony D'Ambrosio from Star Child and Ripperoni. And yep. this is his first 12 pounder ever. He has done incredibly well with Blackbird. I think Blackbird's already qualified for November. And I think that uh, Dark Star could go super far. Um, from your perspective, any thoughts on the 12s? I guess any of these these robots, uh, stuff that, that sticks out for you? Uh, yeah, so the first one that I had was Yoshimi, um, only because there's been a lot of discussion as far as shufflers are concerned lately and it's the one shuffler that we have in 12 pound it's coming in august um so it's apparently uh it's got two shuffler modules and it's a horizontal spinner uh so that should be interesting um and then i also had dark star because i love tony 
So it was really cool. They had a, a 12 pound that was one of the ones that I also tagged. Uh, the other two, the first one is Talk, which is a pneumatic flipper mm. uh, in 12 pounds. And uh, like we were talking about earlier, anything that's not a kinetic weapon, like we we love seeing it. We love seeing them do well. So uh, that was one that I had. And then I don't know how to say this one's name. Um, Amphisbena. I, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, it's, you got uh, it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I have no Alexander's idea either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only because he labeled the weapon as having two uh, 2.2 uh, pound vertical egg beaters that are out of sync. They're yeah. on two independent weapon motors. Um, and I just thought that's a really cool idea. Yeah. So Kind of like Twin Beast-esque, which is kind of yeah. neat. Yeah, yep. But in 12 pound, which is insane, so... Yeah. Yeah. The big benefit to that is that, you know, you can kill one of the weapons and the other one is still going. Um, and if they're like offset a little bit, um, you know, you're always making contact with your opponent, which is pretty neat. Um, it's an ambitious build and, um, yeah, I, I wonder how that's going to go. I'm a huge fan of Joey Cannon. Um, he is such a good engineer. Um, if you get a chance, and I'm sure you've you've already seen them, but like if you look inside of Joey's robots, it is like looking at like a motherboard and a computer. Like everything looks so organized and beautiful. Um, he works, if I if I'm recalling correctly, he works as an engineer at like a self-driving taxi startup. So like he interesting. He's doing like lots of kind of pretty heavy duty engineering um, in his day job. You could see that translate over to his builds. Like every single robot that he brings is just meticulous on the inside. It's it's one of the things that I love, honestly, like the most about this sport. Like there's so many different paths to success. There are people who bring robots that are just straight up messy and they do great. <laughs> there are people, you know, who are just normal, normal, like non-engineers, um, you know, librarians and cashiers and you know, um, sous chefs, you know, who show up and do great. And like, there's just so many different paths to the sport. And, you know, like, obviously, there's a place for engineers and builders and and stuff like that. But even inside of the robots, um, the robots, they all look different. You know, there's even different paths to success within within the weight class. Um, And Joey is definitely one of these just amazing, meticulous engineers. So if you get a chance, walk walk over to his pit space and check it out. It's just it's just amazing. Yeah, will do. We we tend to see a lot of these bots. We we like to walk around like before and after events and like during the event when we have time and actually like walk around and talk to people and stuff like that. Um, so we we see all these bots and everything like that. There's, I love the bots that are. Oh, let me just put all the spaghetti back inside of my <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's hilarious to watch people. And then we'll get like, oh, I need I need a minute to just put the top on my bot. And then they go over and they start they start the squish. <laughs> yeah. The squishing action. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's why one of our least favorite uh phrases is let me put the top back on the bot, because it can mean anything from give me one minute to I'm going to take 15 minutes just because I'm saying, let me put the top back on my bot, but I actually have to put the weapon back on. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it's a phrase that can mean anything from a minute to like 20 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. We, we need like a t-shirt that says that, you know? <laughs> there's there's a lot of phrases that we could probably turn into t-shirts just oh, from yeah. things that we hear at pick control. So yeah. We have we have a completely different like view on the competitions than I think anybody else. It's we have like this relationship with the builders like we we know we know all the people that are there all the time and like we we're the we're the bad news people but also not we try not to be that bad of bad news people (laughs) most of the time we try to be like everybody's friend at the same time uh but yeah there's uh yeah We try and strike a balance and the balance, yeah. you know, it, it, it depends on a relationship between us and the builders and, and everything else that's going on. Um, because, you know, sometimes we'll try and rush and then something happens with production or something like that. And then we have to push everything back. And so there's this whole balance going on uh, that's sometimes hard to upkeep. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I feel like we don't disqualify many people for time. Um, uh, no, not at all. No, we, we give a lot of chances. It it does not happen that often at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the 12s? Oh, oh, I was going to also say uh, Jackpot Captain Jeff Waters is bringing a very meme bot in the 12s. Uh, it has some uh, some bristle attachments, not not for bristle drive, but to uh, help clean his opponent. So I think it's like a cleaning <laughs> robot, like a Roomba themed robot. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can always count on Jeff to uh, to bring a nice little meme robot to uh, to NHRL. So yeah. I appreciate you, Jeff. Can we get a preview of how you would say that bot's name? Because I am not quite sure. I I, I think it's Uwumba, kind of like a Roomba, but it's Uwumba. You know? <laughs> yep. I um I'm not really I'm not I'm not allowed on the internet, so I don't know what Uwu means. Um, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'll I'll ask Jeff kind of like what what it what it means. Um so yeah, the 12 should be really a lot of fun. Um I think like in general, I mean like and you can see this, like there's just been a real maturing of the 12s and the 30s this year. Um it used to be that there were a few really elite 12s and 30s and like some of the older designs that ran at competitions like Motorama. Um and Maker Fair Orlando. And now this year we're seeing a lot of purpose built just for NHRL 12s and 30s. And you see a robot like Maximizer or Super Scope, a robot like um, Kablooey Tango. And these are new this year and are just incredibly hard hitting robots. Um, like there's there's been like a real glow up in these these two weight classes. Yep. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, let's wade into the most competitive weight class, uh, <laughs> the biggest weight class, um, the Beatles. The Beatles have more than 150 robots. We're going to be fighting them across four cages for much of the day on Saturday. I think once we get to the top 16, we're going to go to kind of like one fight at a time, but yep. there are going to be easily 100, 200 fights um, in these qualifying rounds and then single elimination for robots to fight their way through. If you watch the stream, you're going to see all of the big names like Lynx um, and Mixtape 
And if you really want to see every single robot, you got to go to the Brett Zone and watch um, the live feeds coming out of each one of these cages. But um, it's going to be a super packed day for Beatles, as it always is. Um, and top of the list, of course, is Kavaniba and Lynx. So um, your thoughts on Lynx? Is it a shoe-in for Golden Dumpster, shoe-in for, um, for qualification in November? I don't think so. And it's mostly because of what Ryan said, uh, the fact that there's been multiple times where it's been pushed into the losing bracket and it's had to bring itself back up. Um, so I don't think it's a shoe in because there are plenty of good bots, um, especially in the threes that have done a lot of work to improve themselves since the last time that Calvin was here with links. Um, so I think he has a lot of competition that could push him out in a single elimination. Um, I'm not discounting the fact that his bot is amazing, uh, but I don't think it's as a sure thing as it may have been in a double elimination competition. I I would agree with that also. Um, I think that it's, if I was a betting man, of course, I would say that like of all the bots, Crawley has the best, the best uh, chances. But, like, yeah, he gets eliminated pretty easily. He's got two bots to fix and keep going the whole competition. Uh, we'll get to talking about mixtape, I'm sure, later, <laughs> because there's something new with mixtape. Uh, and I don't know. I'm, I'm always excited to see Lynx, though. Like, Lynx is the current, uh, as far as, like, Beatles go, he's the... I'm not a very big sports guy like Babe Ruth, like Sammy Sosa. I don't know what the what the like equivalent is, but he's the goat at the moment in the Beatles. Yeah, right now. So, yeah. and I think everybody's been waiting for him to come this year. Yes, yeah. I I have um, underestimated links in the past and uh, have. Uh, learned that I should never do that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I, I under, underestimated links at the championships last year. And it makes sense. I mean, you go like, okay, you know, you've got other robots that have fought six times this year. They do amazingly well at NHRL. We've got um, a West coast builder who is running on steel floors and, you know, the environment's a little bit different and is just not, really getting in as many repetitions with these massive competitions that, you know, a robot like Caldera or Crash Fest is, right? Um, but then he just shows up and does so well. Like, that robot is amazing. Like, the, the technology that he's packing into that little three-pound package is incredible. Plus, he's a great driver. Um, like, I feel like Lynx is one of these robots that doesn't grind you down over the course of 15 hits like he finds the right angle and is there to capitalize on it and kills you like in these kind of like one big hit um, yeah he's a great I mean, his, great driver well I was, I was about to say his his secret sauce is the fact that he can control that robot as well as he can with that <laughs> weapon spinning as fast as it can and as hitting as hard as it can which allows him to find the correct angle to hit you while also coming across as a driving style that is hard to keep up with and is hard to try and drive against because people go against him and are not ready for his bot to do the weird quick 
quirky maneuvers that it does but he's so used to doing that and is so good at controlling it that he all of a sudden hits you out of nowhere and you you don't know what just happened yeah and then you're disabled and you can't do anything anymore so it's funny because it's like calvin is a good driver on BattleBots, but an amazing driver in the beatles like um (laughs) when when you when you see like there are so many times where i'll be watching link's tape back and I'll see like, oh, wow, not only did he see the angle, but he was able to angle himself and go across the box at like a 45 degree angle. So he has actually more yeah. runway to hit you even harder than it would be if he just kind of came at you at a 90 degree angle. Like he's thinking that quickly and finding those angles. It's just tough. It is tough to outdrive him. That robot hits so hard, you know you're going to take damage. And um, I am excited every single time I see it. Like, I just think, I think he's incredible. Um, You know, like we're going to talk about it, or I guess we already did talk about it on the news. Um, But uh, Hall of Fame, you know, Combat Robot Hall of Fame um, nominations are open this month until the end of the month. And if Lynx doesn't get in this year um, on the ballot, I would be incredibly, incredibly surprised. Like that is an amazing robot. and, you know, like, you don't really see that on BattleBots because it's kind of like, you know, Mad Catter's a big drifty robot. It's got these kind of big drifty wheels. It's not that fast. It can't cross the the entire arena in two seconds. Um, but if, I don't know, magically, they were able to build a, a heavyweight that mimicked Lynx's performance, I guess that would be Riptide. Um, <laughs> well, there was a lot of people. It there was would, a lot of people that that were that was saying like, oh, give Calvin the controls of a Riptide and see how fast he can just go through the competition. Yeah. And I think it's really true. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there are a couple of, of drivers who have this very smothering drive style. Like I think of Evan Arias. I think of David oh, yeah. Jin. I think of Calvin Eba. Anybody else? Dan Barato with Malice, um, who just like they are they're there in half a second like they are their thinking is so fast um i i'm i'm stoked to see links and and i fully anticipate calvin to take home yet another golden dumpster um and i think that if he lived closer to norwalk uh he'd be taking home golden dumpsters left and right uh way way more often than, than he does um yep. We did get like an interesting comment on the Discord. I think this came from Alex Pick, who said that uh, you know his hot take is that uh, the only robot that can really stand in Lynx's way is Crashfest, Robert Rondon <laughs> Crashfest. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting take, and I don't actually think he's wrong. Like I think that Crashfest is pretty well positioned to counter Lynx. Robert is a great driver. He has earned, I think it's a 23 and 10 record or something at this point, yep. which is amazing. And he, despite how often he tells you that he's going to lose, he, he is the first person to tell you he's not going to win. And then as soon as he does, as soon as he does, does you try and congratulate him. And he's like, oh, it was nothing. It's he's, like, he's, Robert, you're an awesome driver. <laughs> he's, he's, our, he's our little Eeyore in the pits. You know what I mean? Like, just kind <laughs> yeah. of. Like, oh, I guess I'm going down to the box. But, you know, like, <laughs> he's great. And, like, I mean, that's a very tough robot. Like, Lynx loves to rack up knockouts, and it's hard to knock out Crash Fest. And he's got these big, big defensive forks on the front of it. I mean, I could see 
Robert getting around to the side of Lynx and pushing him into the wall and stuff. Um, it'd be really, really thrilling to have a Lynx Crash Fest final on Saturday. Yeah, that, that would be a driving battle for the ages, like just the two of them driving each other. I don't even care about like the damage itself, just the driving, watching that driving, the two driving styles go against each other would be amazing. I, I think that the main way to take out links is if you can really, and even I think Calvin would agree, the main way to take out links is if you get hit by him and you don't go flying, if you just stay straight, he takes always needs at least a few seconds to get back on the right path to actually like come back at you. And he does not turn well. He turns extremely bad. He needs to always use his uh, momentum to turn himself yeah. with the weapon. And that's that's how he always has to turn unless he's going to start driving very slow. And he does not like doing that. So the main way to get links is if you can take advantage of the driving style that makes links great. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to figure out if I'm more excited about links or mixtape this time around. Um, <laughs> Oh God, mixtape is a shuffler. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I wasn't sure if this was public knowledge yet as, or, or do, is it just that the three of us know this? I mean, it's in the nerd and the oh, okay, nerd good. is public. Good, good, good. Yeah. So I, I was debating whether, you know, to, to talk about uh, links, uh, sorry, a mixtape uh, becoming a shuffler, but all right, good. It's, it's on, it's on the nerds. That's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, Funny thing about mixtape, if you've never seen it before, it's a three pound flamethrower that runs basically a 30 pound butane tank. <laughs> like um, when, when you see like a, like a flamethrower in the 30 pounders, it's running basically the same size butane tank. And what this the entire body is a butane tank. That's yes. the thing. Like, yeah, the whole body is just a butane tank with a bot built around. Yes, it. Yeah. yes, exactly. But it's it's not even a bot, though. It's a wagon. With little yes. wagon wheels. Yes. They used to have little wagon it's, wheels. There's a little covered wagon that had an explosive butane tank in the middle of it. Yeah. It's, I, have it's no not a, idea, I have no idea how it has never blown up in the bot. In the no, box. It, it's not a bot. It's it's yeah. a butane delivery system. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, mixtape is, is amazing. Like, um, he's running these custom machined nozzles that get just incredible air intake into the butane and just creates this fireball inside of the three pound box that engulfs legitimately like half of the box at the time. Um, yep. The, well, like, just ask it just ask angel how, how much fire comes out of that thing. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's melted multiple 3d printed robots, which is kind of like the hard counter to the 3d printed meta right now. You know, like everyone yep. is just so big on 3d printed TPU right now. And that is a very melty material and <laughs> mixtape loves that. And I'm so curious to see what a shuffler mixtape looks like. Um, mixtape's pretty fast. It's pretty maneuverable. It does look weird. Like with the, with the wagon wheels, it looks like, like, uh, like, I don't know, he's, he's going West or something, you know, like across the, <laughs> the great plains uh, with a, with a butane tank. Um, so yeah, as the shuffler, does that mean that maybe the tank is going to be bigger? Is the flame going to be bigger? Th that was yeah, taking advantage of the the weight bonus. Yeah, is the tank going to be bigger? Yeah, is he going to be spewing more fire? Yeah, bigger nozzle, more fire. Like that's I, I can't even imagine it in a little three ton box just the amount of fire that he can pump out as a shuffler. It is so exciting. 
<laughs> his his first competition, I think maybe his second fight ever, I believe I called, um, when he melted wormhole and it was like, yep. oh yeah, okay, these robots do melt. That's very interesting. I don't know. It was like a shift <laughs> in like my worldview of, of robotics. Cause I mean like I I listen, I I'm I'm an imperfect person. Like in the past, I I was one of these people to say like, oh, Gruff's fire doesn't do anything. And like, oh, flamethrowers are just a gimmick on BattleBots. And like, we hadn't really seen like a super exciting flamethrower at NHRL before. Um, And here comes this flamethrower that's like melting its opponents, which is just amazing. Um, Yeah, which which he is now. I, I feel like he started this whole oh, flamethrowers are a thing we can do. Because, yeah. like, I think Clyde was around the same time, but Clyde has now upgraded to the point that, like, Clyde is doing just as good as he is. And, like, we're we're seeing this whole meta is like, oh, we can do flamethrowers. Like, flamethrowers do work. And like you said, it's, it's a counter to the whole 3D printed meta. So it's interesting. I think this is probably the thing that annoys me the most about the casual NHRL fan or, like, the NHRL detractor, somebody who, like, watched a single stream for 10 minutes last year. and. <laughs> happen to see like three finger tech Peter bars in a row and this kind of like, Oh, it's just a, you know, they just run the same kit bots and just, you know, 150 of the same kit bots. And it's like, it's really not like no watch mixtape. Like this is, there is a new meta that is emerging in our sports that you're not going to find at other competitions because you're not going to see an, a gigantic, super dangerous butane tank, like in other, in other boxes. Um, yeah. And, and even those kits, sorry, even those kits, you can't even say that because if yeah. you look at a bot and you go, oh, that's a kit, take a look at like what Power Surge. Yeah, he's still using the bar as a weapon. The rest of that bot has been stripped away and has been changed completely. Yeah. That's not a finger tech kit anymore. Yeah. Yes, it's using the weapon, but that's literally all that's left of that kit is that weapon bar. That's it. So, yeah, it kind of looks like the kit, but it is not that kit anymore. I think that there is like there there is a hesitance at battlebots to do something new and push the envelope because it's so expensive to build a battlebot there's nowhere to oh, test yeah. it throughout the year before destructathon of course um and uh at nhrl you know like hey let me build something weird let me build hot wings you know like let me build <laughs> mixtape let me build um you know an amazing hammer bot or something and if it doesn't work then whatever i'm at five grand maybe you know and like i'll build something else that's new and we're seeing a ton of design diversity and some really really interesting things that are pushing the envelope and there's cool stuff that's happening in our sports and for people who are not tuning in to the stream um and watching the highlights they are missing it because there's some really really amazing stuff that's happening in combat robotics right now yep and mixtape is one of those things so i'm stoked to see it um it's funny like the first time that calvin brought mixtape he was like oh this is just a fun bot it's just like my joke bot and now it's like oh maybe this is a robot that could win someday <laughs> like um well d- didn't it start with the idea of uh of beating links it was it was the the vacuum bot first uh, ryan's holding up his finger he wants to correct me yeah <laughs> So the first version of mixtape was the same thing as Sucker Punch ended up being where it had the fan in the middle and the fan in the middle had two uses, if I remember right. So it had two uses. One was to keep it sucked down to the floor, but also to push air through that system. 
it was a smaller butane, a smaller amount of butane, but the air was supposed to be pushed through by that fan. However, the first flight he went into, it ended up sucking the air back into that fan, completely melting the whole entire fan, destroying all of it. And he went, guess that doesn't work. So <laughs> the original yeah. concept, so then we got wagon. The, the original yeah. concept, like this fan, was even more metal than that because the idea was he was going to suck up all of the debris in the box, ignite it as it's going through this fan, and spit out like hot, like metal at his opponent. Metal like, shards, yeah, yeah. Like melted metal shards. And yeah, like one of the problems was like these, um, it was too powerful and basically it burned itself. Um, <laughs> but I think like, like at the core, it's an interesting design concept. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we're gonna see a redesigned mixtape on Saturday. Just totally delightful. Love that. Um, yep. Gonna have to see. Um, moving moving on to um, other robots in the uh, the roster, we've got very solid verts in Apex from Robert Walsh, Chainsaw Kitty from Kezia Sky, Stoneforge, which was built by Switchback team member slash Team WPI president James Wynn but will be run this event by Jessica Feeney and Shredderbro from Evan Arias. Um, these are very just classic balanced verts. They are driven incredibly well. They're built incredibly well. And these robots have not qualified yet for November. And I think that we may see one, two, perhaps all four of them qualify um, just because they are incredible machines. So um, watch for their performance. I think out, out of this list, I'm very excited about Chainsaw Kitty. Um, Chainsaw Kitty's yeah. just been doing great. Um, and, you know, you can see Kezia is advancing a lot faster than the average new builder. She's coming up on oh, her, yeah. her one-year anniversary at the League. And um, just that, that robot is really, really well-driven, really, really well-built. Well, I remember when she first brought it, it was a case of um, I made this. I don't think it's going to do really well, but let me try it out. And it ended up doing really well. And I think that really lit a spark in her. That was like, oh, crap, my first time I made this bot that did like so amazingly like and it's just like driven her to make that bot as awesome as it is and, and do as well as it's doing. If if you need any convincing, just look at that fight against Droopy. She almost had Droopy. We were all like yeah. cheering at the desk of like just for her because it was just like you have it, you have it, keep going, keep going, and yeah, unfortunately she lost that one. But I mean, like she's doing amazing, so good, yeah, and she's got such a great, yeah. great attitude in the community and everything like that. She's great, yeah. Battlebot yep. super fan, and yeah, when I was talking to her, she was like. I would love to build for BattleBots, but you know, it's just too expensive. And I thought like, oh, I'm just going to be a super fan yeah. like so many of us, right? And found NHRL, found that it was a couple hours drive from her house and was like, yeah, I think I could build. And now she's like basically sitting at the top of the roster for, for August. She's definitely going to be a boss bot in the single elimination format. Um, and just like recruiting really cool people to the sport as well. And um, just a great ambassador. So just uh, love that she's, she's found a home at, um, at our league, which is really cool. Um, 
I do want to talk a little bit about Brian Boxel. You know, um, he had an amazing year with Eruption, and Eruption is now retired, and Fireball is not having an amazing year. It's still trying to find its footing. Brian is also building a heavyweight for BattleBots Destructathon right now. Uh, he's just a couple of weeks yep. away from shipping out to Vegas to compete on Destructathon. Um, very determined, very um, driven builder. And I'm surprised, honestly, that Fireball has struggled as much as it has this this year. Well, I mean, it's a new idea. It's it's not like it's something that he he's just trying to get off the ground. So um, coming from him, yes, I'm very surprised it struggled as much as it is. But I mean, it's a new idea that he's trying and he's run into hiccups. He's run into things that have not been working how he wanted them to. Um, so hopefully, you know, it's going to do better and it's going to get to the point that eruption was at. And he'll be able to move forward with uh, with Fireball the same way. I can respect that, like, you kind of climb to the top of the mountain and you go, OK, I'm going to reset my score. I'm going to try something difficult and new versus, you know, continuing to climb the same mountain over and over again. So his original when he brought Fireball, I don't know if it's true anymore, but his original thing that he told us when he brought Fireball was the whole point of Fireball was that he was graduating and eruption required tools in the shop at school that he didn't have uh he didn't have access to anymore so fireball was eruption using the resources that he had available um i don't know i think now he's trying to make fireball a more um reasonable priced version of eruption mm. and that's kind of the way he's going but i remember him telling us that is is the fact that like he needed to use tools that he had as so he was switching how the weapon was done because I think it was uh, eruption's weapon was um um was a, a drum mounted or I forget how how it yeah, it was uh an internal oh now I think it's, <laughs> it's a hub motor hub motor yeah there we go hub motor hub motor there we go yeah yeah um I I love uh, also the just a scent of his dad, Glenn. Um, Glenn is oh, I know. <laughs> our top-ranked beetle in the competition in August. Um, I think he's like in the top five or maybe six, I think. Uh, no, okay, I'm wrong. He's ranked number three of all time. Um, and for the last two years, uh, Brian's dad has qualified for the championship earlier in the year than his son. And his son is like the the just like kind of um, Boston <laughs> dynamics, like genius, you know, and um, here is his dad who um, works in IT, Dustin, you know, like same as you and yep. um, just doing amazingly well with Caldera. I just love Glenn so much. Um, he's like just such good positive vibes and just like thinks the world of his son. And it's so cool that they're able to, do this sport together and hang out together in the pits. It's just amazing. Like I, I, yep. I love the, the, the boxel story um, in, in, in sports. So the, the one that I have to point out, yeah. because I was having a conversation with our friend, Robert Rund today and the, his dark horse and the one that I am going to be keeping an eye on um, is Demacris. Okay. Um, I don't know if you had, but he is telling me that this kid that is running this bot um, is it's a championship bot as far as uh, Antweight is concerned. 
and the driving style and how good of a driver um, that the, the kid who's bringing uh, it just says Beckett. I think, I don't know if it's first name or last name, um, but his driving is amazing. And that's being called out by Robert Rund himself. Um, so he said to keep an eye on uh, Demacrius. I think that's how you say it. Um, but apparently it's uh, upgraded candy wasps kit. Yeah, and it's a custom design three pounds with a Peter bar that's being driven by someone that Robert Rund is calling out. So that that is one that I marked off and I wanted to mention, <laughs> you know, uh, is the fact that it's one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, I'm looking at my bot facts here. Um, Beckett t- took him first place at in the Antweights at the RCE National Championship with Dolce de Leche, which is his candy wasp kit. Right. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, Beckett, yeah, may- maybe a kid to watch. I'll have to, to go and meet Beckett. Um, hopefully he'll be there on Friday. That's pretty cool. Um, there were a couple other robots also that I'm going to be watching in the threes. Um, we've got the return of robot captain David Jin, who will be running Tothic this time around. So, you know, he's going to go hammer saw supremacy, I guess. Um, and I saw in his notes, you know, he's he's um, going to be practicing his drive, I guess, with with Tothic because, um, you know, there is um, I don't know, you're, you're playing on hard mode when you come with a hammer saw. Um, yeah. <clears throat> The Return of Silent X, which I am very curious about as well with Jameson Go, and yep. uh, Wumbo with, from Jeff Waters and Yes Chef with Alex Pezza. Um, well, Supreme Ruler from Jeff Waters as well. I don't know if you saw the note on that, but he said it's an, there's an upgraded uh, motor and it can lift over 200 pounds now. Now, all right, I, I'm trying to remember Supreme Ruler. Like, is this like the cam lifter, like... Yes. So so he he runs yeah. that as like a version of that as his multibot on Jackpot, I believe. Yep. Yep. And um that was originally the mini bot for oh god, the other white and blue bot. I forget its name. Had the really cool like kind of circuitry pattern oh. on BattleBots. Um oh god, I am It was one of those bots that you look at and you go, that one's not winning too much. <laughs> It had the totally front face, you know? Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. yeah. Flat face. Yeah, the uh the flat face. Um I I love the cam lifter design. I think it's really neat. Um I think like I, I feel like we are we're flirting dangerously close to like somebody wins, shows up and wins with a really weird design and everyone's upset about it. Like I was worried that Spitfire was going to take home the golden dumpster last month. Yeah. And like, I can imagine a rotary cam lifter showing up. And if it won the golden dumpster, people would be burning down 165 water street. They would be so <laughs> upset because it's like, there's nothing you can do to counter having your wheels pulled up off the ground. Like, Oh, here, <laughs> look at this. Every single time I just pull your wheels up off the ground and then I smash you into the wall. And then you come back down. I pull up your wheels again. I smash you into the wall. I win the golden dumpster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like impossible to take damage. Like it's kind of a, kind of an overpowered design idea. And like the day that a, a cam rotary lifter, like wins it all. I could just see the discord <laughs> just being on fire the next day. Just, um, yeah, just, uh, the gnashing of teeth, the, the reddening of clothing, you know, like it'd be terrible. Um, 
So yeah, I'm excited about that, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This the Spitfire situation was a little bit different. I don't know. You could at least hit. You could at least hit that on the ground. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um I I'm gonna be watching for Silent X. I feel like and listen, I haven't talked to him, so this is pure speculation on my part. And JMO, please correct me uh, through <laughs> your you know, many avenues. We we have we have channels, back channels, I guess, you know, he can always reach out to me, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like some of the shuffler discussion online has kind of gotten under JMO's skin. And I think <laughs> Silent X might be showing up with wheels, which would be really interesting. And I think that JMO would like nothing more than to show up with wheels and win the whole thing. Um, show up with wheels, have Silent X like kill Lynx. It is not marked as a shuffler. And that is something you have to mark when you put it in for nerd. Um, I don't know if it's just because he doesn't have any info in here, um, but it is not marked as being a shuffler. Intriguing. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's it's also like it's a super annoying take. And I've seen it before where people are like, you know, NHRL like sucks because they have this weight bonus for shufflers. And like, um, you know, like, if if silent if silent spring was just a wheeled robot you know it'd just be middle of the pack and you're like no it's not it's a hall of famer for a reason it's an incredible yeah. robot um jameson doesn't need the extra weight he doesn't even use the full weight bonus that he's allocated um it's a four and a half pound robot and most of that extra weight is going into the the shuffle mechanism and it's like I think that he can win with wheels I think that he can win um with square wheels with you know, uh, star-shaped <laughs> wheels. Like I, I honestly think. Like I mean, he is he is the the greatest combat robot builder, like of our generation. I think, and um, I think that it annoys him a little bit when he sees online people trashing his shuffler mechanism because it's like, dude, he's the first one to build that, and it looks amazing, and it's yep. incredible, and um, yeah, like uh, I think I think he's a champion with with or without them, so. I'm stoked to see what what he's bringing for for Silent X. Um, this this is a great like um, place for us to stop. I cannot wait to see both of you this weekend. And thank you so much for previewing August NHRL with us. Um, and uh, tune into the stream. And hopefully, when you see a good shot of the pits, you can see the Hunter Brothers hard at work <laughs> in the in pit control. So thank you again for everything that you do. Yep. Thank you for having us on. Thanks, Luke. All right. We'll see you soon. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to Florida, where researchers are using horses to understand how we might form a trusting bond with the robots in our lives. The researchers observed that it takes time for a person to get to know a horse and learn to trust it, and vice versa. They compared that to how we build a relationship of trust with the robots we live and work with, and suggested ways that engineers can perform more trust-building exercises into the robots they're building. Huh. Will you ever trust a robot, Luke? Oh yeah, definitely. 100%. 100%. I'm going to have robots, you know, that, that I live with. 
as I get older, you know, I'm going to have like a little robotic dog and I'll have a robotic cat. And uh, I don't know, maybe <laughs> I'll have like a little, uh, like a big rolling robot that can, I don't know, get me uh, the newspaper and stuff. It'd be great, you know? Like the like the maid from the Jetsons? Yeah, Rosie, isn't that, isn't that yeah. her name? Rosie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because she's got rivets, get it? Because she's Rosie and got rivets, but she's still doing, uh, you know, domestic chores. It was a it was a whole commentary on society. Um, Interesting. Yeah, right. Weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Would you trust you? You're a new dad. You've got a baby, right? You, got a little, uh-huh. you still got a little, little potato at home. Yeah, cute potato, by the way. Thank uh, you. Would you trust like a like a like a nurse made robot, like a nursery robot, like a robot that takes care of your baby? I would be more concerned about the safety of the nurse robot than I would of the safety of the baby. You know, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a pretty, uh, I've got a pretty, uh, you know, fast moving kind of violent uh, toddler on my hands now. So um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, um, Kyle, I'll, I'll say, you know, like, um, like uh, this is totally, totally not related at all to horses and robots, but um Pepper, my my daughter, she um, she's almost kind of like a prison inmate in that, like, uh, you know, we we set up these baby gates all over the house and, uh, you know, we baby proofed all the cabinets and stuff. And I can see Mm -hmm. when I'm opening cabinets and gates that she is watching me intently and she's learning, kind of like trying to figure out how to escape herself. And um, so I've now taken to like obscuring her view when I'm opening up the baby gate because she's trying to figure out how to do it herself yep so i i I would i would worry about this nurse robot safety you know like uh (laughs) the baby would smuggle in you know like a screwdriver into the downstairs safe zone and uh turn around i go to the bathroom or something and uh you know the the back plate of the robot's open by the time i come out you know that's uh i just find i find this so fascinating you literally watch robots cause massive amounts of destruction just all the time yeah all the time. Yeah. It's like a normal part of your life. And you're totally like, yeah, I'll let this this robot take care of my toddler. It's fine. I, I, I'm assuming that uh, at some point in the future, I don't know, by the time that Pepper's old enough to have her own kids, maybe um, we're going to have soft robots that um, mm-hmm. are really good at smothering your baby to death, teaching kids, you know, like um, <laughs> things, teaching them emotions talking to them and stuff, you know? Um, yeah, I, I can see it, you know, like not, not like a, not I'm like just... a hard touch screen or anything, but you know, like maybe a soft blob that just kind of like oh, coos at your baby. I'm just, I, I'm just imagining like, you know, you, while you're in the room, the robot's like, you know, all right, ABC. Okay. One, two, three. And then you leave the room and you're like, listen, human, you are subservient <laughs> to your robot overlords. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, get, getting back to horses, I mean, I think like, uh, so I was, I was reading this article and uh, they were saying that horses have to build trust with their handlers, which is, you know, that's mm-hmm. understandable. Sense. That's good. Um, and I think like robots, especially autonomous robots, they need to learn that not everybody who they meet is trustworthy and like they need to kind of. Right. Uh, understand through body language and tone and all of that, that there are certain people who they cannot trust. And you kind of have to like build an authentic bond with somebody uh, with a robot that's going to be living and working alongside you. 
and they were talking about how horses convey a lot of um, information through their ears and their eyes and kind of the way they move and like their ears point at whatever they're paying attention to. And Mm -hmm. um, they were describing perhaps in the future, maybe there's a robot that's sitting in front of you and they hear a noise inside the house and their ears kind of go toward that noise. And it's like less jarring than if the robot just (laughs) starts blaring like, noise uh detected in the interior hallway and you're just like oh you know what i mean like i'm i'm looking at this dog-shaped robot and its ears just went toward the hallway you know like maybe that's a a more uh gentle way of communicating with uh with yeah, the robot more natural you know? yeah 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 i could see it i could see it um I, so are we talking about like making these robots more animalistic, more, more nature in their reactivity. Um, just because it's going to be easier for us to figure out how to interact with them. Because I will say this, there's a lot of humans that are really bad at interacting with horses. It's true. That's true. I think like, I think that we have a very narrow idea of what a robot is. And that yeah. robot pets are actually going to come a lot faster than we think. You know, like everyone thinks like, oh, it's going to be a humanoid robot and it's going to be like shiny and it's going to be black and it's going to be flipping burgers and people are going to be pushing it down on the street and stuff. No, it's not. It's going to be the cutest little puppy you've ever seen. Yep. And the puppy is uh, just totally mimics a puppy's actual movements. And all it wants to do is be a puppy. It doesn't want to read your email or, you know, like show you Instagram posts and stuff. It's none of that. It's just a puppy. Um, Like I, I could see that being a hugely popular consumer product and mm-hmm. making the robot soft, making it cuddly, making it something that you can give to a kid and have the kid fall in love with that robot is a real thing. And it's, yep. it's, it's a hard problem, but it's not an impossible problem. No, but it's going to open the door to the rest of that market. Like if you get used to having that robot dog, you're not going to be all that opposed to having a robot housekeeper, a robot helper, a robot, whatever. Um, and yeah, I don't think humanoid is necessarily going to be what we see anytime soon. Even now, the robots that we see kind of functioning in our society are like those little uh, delivery, food delivery robots and such, right? Yeah, yeah. I think like it's funny whenever I think about new technology, I always think like how many, what percentage of people alive today are going to resist that new technology? You know, it's like um, yeah. there there will be people in 20 years from now who are like, no, I'm, I'm only, I only get biologic dogs, you know, I only get flesh and bone dogs, you know, like I'm never going to get my yeah. kid a, a robot dog. What if, what if that dog goes berserk or something like that? And, um, I don't what know. I a just, normal dog goes berserk. Though, <laughs> that's know. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter what the technology is. There's always like some group of our peers, you know, people who are about our yep. age who are going to be resistant to it. Um, what was something that you were resistant to, Luke? Let me think. When it first came out. I've got a good one. Let me think. Like Twitter, maybe. Oh, yeah. That one was a weird one. I, I, I got a yep. Twitter account like within the first three months that it was out, and I just didn't tweet for like nine years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I I still 
think I never tweeted. I do have a Twitter account, though. I don't think I've ever tweeted. I when this is like, you know, this shows how old Luke and I both are. We're the same age. But um, I I didn't understand text messaging. People would send me a text message and I'd be like, just call me. What are you yeah. doing? Stop that. This mm-hmm. is so weird. Just call me. Now I'm like, why are you calling me? Just send me a text message. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. That was uh, I was opposed to. Oh, uh, the the like personal assistants or the the like in home assistants, like um, like Alexa. The the yeah, those things. Oh, those no. things. I was like, I don't want that in my house. No, and I still don't have an Alexa. Um, yeah, like there there was like two Christmases. I feel like where everybody got an Alexa, you know, and yeah, uh, well they were they were inexpensive and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I I, I got like two Alexas and uh, just like I'm not using this for anything, and I think it's listening to everything that I'm saying. So back in the box and I don't know, threw it straight into the Pacific Ocean uh, garbage patch. Um, <laughs> NFTs. When uh, when I when I read the first article that I don't know, I ran across like a New York Times article or something on NFTs and I was like, what is this? What how how is this art piece going for? You know, how, how are they selling? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Charlie, Charlie bit my finger for a million dollars as an NFT. Like yeah. that does not make any yeah, sense bored. at all to me. Bored apes, bored apes, bored apes. No, none of that yeah. made sense. Yeah, I, none of that made any sense. I went. I get it. I get the use case for an NFT though. Like, if you got an NFT that was like a concert ticket or a festival ticket, and it, it, that in and of itself was like a provable fungible token, that makes sense. But that's not what we used it for. No, no, no. We created very weird art projects and sold them for millions of dollars. See, you know, it's a non fungible token. All right. Cause you, you could, you could sell your concert tickets like a hundred times, even after the concerts happened. You know, you're, you're selling your experience or something. I don't know. Like, uh, it, it was, it was surreal. Cause like NFT, like boom was happening. And I happened to be out in Silicon Valley for a business trip. And I went out to mm-hmm. dinner and everyone was talking about NFTs and the metaverse. I still, the metaverse is like just baffling to me. And no um, one's using it. Yeah, well, I feel like the metaverse has potential, but, you know, just they're using it wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like NFTs, I was trying to I was trying to understand. I was like, so there, you have an ape? It's a JPEG. And people are spending like $200,000 for a JPEG? Like, is this like, is this some kind of like, like modern art statement about how like just the, the, the entire art market is just broken in general, you know, like <laughs> just is fueled by marketing and hype and that there's no real value behind any of it. Like it just, it, it bent my brain, but you know, yep. I don't know. Like I, I like to think of myself as typically a pretty open-minded and like accepting person. Like I'm, I like to think of myself as a relatively early adopter, but um, yeah, uh, I have that missed out, uh, missed out on a lot of, pieces of technology because i didn't understand it well i'm glad that you're going to jump right on to the um to the pet robots snuggling your toddler train as soon as they come out just fully grown 800 pound horse horse robots you know <laughs> yes let them into the house yeah. yeah hey they don't poop no it's fine it's bring them on in i i want a robotic pet so badly because i just want to be able to turn off my dog when i leave you know like just like a little. Oh, remote. so you don't have to worry about coming in to let them out or anything. Don't like have that. to let them out. Uh, they can just sit on their little charger. Uh, they don't eat any food. They don't shed any fur. Um, they are always happy. <laughs> I have a very depressed dog. 
<laughs> and um, he holds grudges for things that I didn't even like. I didn't even know that I did. Like, I'll just come home and I'll be upset at me, you know, um, for no reason. And um, yeah, it's uh, owning a biological dog has a lot of have has a lot of drawbacks. You know, I'd rather like craft my, yeah, it's hard. my dog's personality and um, just be able to turn it off when I leave the house. It'd be great, you know. Yeah, totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah would you would you own a horse like a robot horse can we ride them yeah of course yeah. then yes i would definitely own a robot horse good yeah me too you okay. don't even need a pastor right you don't need like land for them you could no. you could just like have one park it in its garage you know yeah totally i love this idea yeah. i'm in i think this is a great idea a it in the trunk of your car you know uh <laughs> take it to the park right out of the park you know Oh man, that would be so cool. Does it fold up into like a briefcase size so I can just walk around with it and then just deploy it while I'm like at the park? Yeah, well, you you just kind of like pull its legs out of its sockets and just kind of mount it on the uh, the no, roof. No, I want of your like car. full Jetsons. Like I want to push a button on it and <laughs> throw it into the air, and then it just turns into the horse and lands. You know? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> good like like one of those instant uh popping tents or something you just uh exactly yes got it. it's got to feel the same way yes right okay all right I like it. <laughs> well uh that's about it for us today uh tune in saturday to uh to see august nhrl and um we are still on our extended break who knows how long the break's gonna be at some point we're gonna return with another mystery guest i'm sure I uh, want to thank Nicole again for editing this episode and doing such a wonderful job with all of the other episodes. We will see you again soon. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye. You can tell my wheels, you'll eat them for a meal. You can burn my motors till they're gone. Or you can tell my spinner, you'll have him for your dinner. Or laugh about my lipos on the phone. You can tell my switch, that links are just a bitch. You can tell my forks to scrape the floor Or you can tell the ref Just what a fool I've been I won't be showing movement anymore But don't break my bond My achy breaky bond I just don't think you'll understand That if you break my bond My achy breaky bond